0: I first, let me start off. Here's where we're going. I'm gonna, we're going to talk a little bit. I am not here to teach. I am not here to preach this morning. Um, I am literally here to spur on thought. Some of us in this, let's, let's just be very honest, we've stopped thinking. We've stopped learning. Like the Lord literally said to me, this is not a message for young or old. This is a message for every single one of us in this room. And the older people, and I, and I don't know how to politically correctly, I don't know what age that is, but if you're at an age where you think that like you're, you're done, you're there, you've stopped, and I'm trying to look at all young people here, because I don't want to look at anybody, and he says, well, he must think I'm old. I'll look at my parents, because they don't care. But the Lord specifically told me to speak this to some of the people who think that in your age, where you have gotten matured that you are there and not, you're not there in an arrogant way, but there's not much more for you that you maybe feel like your time has passed. And the Lord told me to specifically speak to you guys that you are not done yet, okay? There is more learning, there is more thinking on the horizon for you. There are new things for you to discover and learn and step into and put into practice, okay? Okay? So just because you may be 75 years old and or even older than that, you are not done. Okay? God literally specifically told me to tell you that you, as an older generation, it's not time for you to hang up your keys. Okay? Continue to learn. And continue to strive for more. It's why we are putting books for sale out there in the atrium. And I know that there are some people who say, well, I cannot believe you're selling things on Sunday. It is not to, like, be disrespectful. But if, like, if you want to buy something, like, if you want to buy a book, and you are, like, that is literally too much for you. And it's against everything in your being, the way you were brought up. Listen, don't buy it. You don't have to buy it. Just take it. And if you want to come back up here on Monday and pay for it or some other way, that's fine. But the reason we are putting some of the things on the table for you to read is so that we will together have our thinking challenged. Okay? That's all of that. Um, I want to start off by thanking Josh. um, Man, you and Ann and Pastor Brent is over there teaching Momentum class. Like, for the whole month of July, did they not do an unbelievable job in teaching. It's unbelievable that these guys don't do this all the time. I, I'm, I'm 12 years into doing this, but how amazing of a job that you guys did. And I just want to, from the stage, I just want to say thank you, Josh. You're the only one in here. And I'll tell J- Brent in the second service, but man, uh, Ann's on vacation this week, a well-deserved. She's been in camp for two weeks, which, whew, Yes. Yeah. I go out there for like 2 hours and I'm like get me out of here. So I am um I had some space over the last few weeks. And what's been going on in my life um for a last probably I want to say a couple years now is as I've journeyed along this thing is a journey. We're all at different paces and like There's not a finish line where one person wins it, okay? So we're not in that kind of race. But in this journey, and I look across here and I, I see familiar faces and I see some of you who probably are here for the first time. And after that long meet and greet, you're never coming back. And I'm sorry. That is literally just a culture that we're trying to, like, create in this place to where I love you and we actually talk I mean, imagine coming into church and sitting in the seat that you've always sat and you don't speak to someone. Well, that's what it's been for too long and I just can't operate that way anymore. And when I need a culture for even introverts like myself because my flesh is an introvert and I need to be by myself. But I need a culture to where we all together, whether we're introverted or extroverted or crazy, because that's the three categories, we need a place where we can operate together. And so, again, I'm I'm in a journey where I'm learning. I'm, I'm trying to study and I'm trying to read and I'm in just a place of learning, which is from the Lord, because back in my former life, I did not learn. I was not interested in learning. I was not interested in being taught anything, whether it was old or new. I just existed. And so for the young people in here, please learn from me, especially my almost 16 year old son in the room, please start to love learning because the sooner you love to learn, like the almost quicker in the kingdom, God starts to, to move you into place. And I was 30 years old when I got called into ministry, 30 years old. And for the last 12 years, this is what God has been doing. But over the last couple of years, something along with the Holy Spirit came into my life and there is now an increase, a rapidness in what I am learning. It's not because I'm devoting way more time to it, but it is because I am hearing things of a different atmosphere. Like I am literally being taught from the Lord constantly in communication. And I wanna tell you something that he shared with me was it is because of my friendship with God. Most of the time I would have said it's because of my relationship with God. And I just wanna say, I don't look at the way God and I and Jesus and the Holy Spirit, we interact as a relationship. It's way deeper and more personal than a relationship. It is friendship. I don't know about you, but there are some relationships that are just very dysfunctional. But if you go and find a friendship, I'm talking about one that is deeply rooted in togetherness. I don't see many dysfunctional, healthy friendships. And so there's a friendship that we have and God is truly enlightening. And so what I'm gonna do here for just a few moments this morning is I'm gonna talk you through what's been going on. Something that he's truly revealed to me. And I am at a place, 42 years old, where I am questioning everything. I mean, literally questioning everything. Everything. And I know that some alarms have gone off in this place. Some of your, your inner alarms just went off. You're questioning everything. I, I, I am. I am questioning everything that I have ever thought. And here's some of the questions that I'm just sort of asking myself. Hey, Scott, why do I think this way? Why do I think the way that I do? That's just one of those Why am I thinking the way that I do? Who has influenced me in my thinking? That's a big one. Who is influencing the way that I think? I'm gonna come back to that in a second. But again, I'm not here doing any preaching and teaching this morning. What I'm here to do is to spur you on to think and to possibly learn greater than you've ever learned before. It's like, who's influencing the way that I think? I, another one here is, um, what do I, like, what do I think about? Think about that. You see, I think a lot of us says just started thinking. We've stopped thinking. We've stopped learning. And here's what I've learned. <laughs> is that my action, the actions that you see are first a thought. They're first a thought. And so the question that I'm asking myself and I'm presenting to you this morning, is, what are you thinking about? Like what occupies the space? In between. I know another guy who, his story is way more radical than mine. And I've read a lot of what he has written. I've read a little bit about like his, his life. And like this guy did literally a 180 degree radical life change. And now you can all say that we've had those radical life changes because we were all lost and didn't recognize Jesus as our Savior, and now we do. But I'm talking about this guy's, like you could make a movie out of this guy's life. And it was later on, after his transformation, that he started to write this stuff so that we could read it. And he he said something just like this. He said, set your mind... And keep focused habitually on the things above. The heavenly things. Not on things that are on the earth. Which only have temporal value. Obviously I'm talking about a guy by the name of Paul. But when I read this. And this is from a different translation that I normally read. But. When I saw that he said, set your mind and keep keep focused habitually. That is telling me that, man, well, my thought process of who I'm allowing to speak into me, what I'm putting my mind to and why I think the way I think is truly something that I have to focus on. I think before this earlier, a couple of years ago, when God started to spark this, I honestly believe that I was just like, just dust in the wind. I know some of you are singing that song right now. I am too. Dust in the wind. I am a terrible singer. But that's what most of us, Christians, non-Christians, atheists, whatever you want to call yourself, that's what we do. I would almost challenge the atheists, the agnostics, they are probably thinking way deeper and harder than most Christians. I'm gonna just say, hey, hey, if you're a Christ follower in the room, we can't just allow either way, whichever way the wind blows to blow us. Paul said that we need to habitually. That means that we need to get into the habit. We need to be focused. It needs to be a discipline of ours. We cannot just wake up and just go whichever way we feel like going or whichever way the current status of our culture is going. Because we got to be on point in our thinking. And I know in a room this size and some people in this room. There are some people in this room that we struggle. We struggle with our minds. And I'm not, I am not talking, I'm not going to the level of of mental disorders. I am not going into that level. I am talking about people just like you and I. And we struggle when it comes to our minds. We struggle with what we think on. I'm getting ready to name probably at least 100 people in this room right now. You've probably done this before because I have done this in the past. You have woken up or you have actually come out of like of a trance during the day. You know we get into those. We just get into those. I sometimes drive and I will drive miles and be like I can't even remember like oh my goodness. But there's some of us that we wake up in this place. We wake up in our rooms. We wake up from whatever. And there is literally nothing that we are thinking or worrying about. And we say to ourselves in our mind, we say, oh, there's got to be something that I'm worrying. There's something that I'm missing. I've got to be anxious about something. Like there's something that I need to be thinking or worrying about, but I just can't think of it right now. Is anybody in that category in this room? Raise your hand if you're honest. That's me. So here's what I want to say to those of you who just raised your hand and admitted it. What would happen if the opposite of that was true? What if we were waking up from our sleep or our whatever we were in, what if we woke up and we said, hey, you know what? There's something that I need to be excited about. There's got to be something that I'm missing that I need to be excited about. Instead of being negative or anxious or worried about. There's got to be something that I'm excited about. And I know it's possible because I am in that place. Listen, the circumstances... The goings-on in this world, our culture, even our lives, do not point to me being overly excited. But if my mind can go to the worrisome, troubling things and think on those things constantly, can the opposite of that not be true as well? Can my mind not go to those, but can my mind not go to the things that are positive? To the things that are right to the things that are beautiful my mind and your mind have that capability and here's how i want to prove it to you i want you to turn with me to this passage of scripture it's in first corinthians chapter 2 Twelve verse, 1 Corinthians chapter 2, verse 12, look at this. It says, we have not received the spirit of the world, but the spirit, and in this scripture, in my translation, it has a capital S, meaning the Holy Spirit. We have not received the spirit of the world, but we have received the Holy Spirit who is from God. Look at this. That we may understand what God has freely given us. So if you're in this room today, Christ followers, and and there is confusion, there is a constant bombardment of negativity, if your mind always goes to worst case scenario, if you see the darkness, if you see the danger, if you see any of that, Can I just tell you here that 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 is not from God. Listen, God warns us. God takes us and he takes us down paths and he, I believe, moves us away from all those things. But that is not what's going to constantly be bombarding our minds. God tells us the things and he wants us to understand them. And so I want you to go all the way down to the 16th verse for time's sake this morning. The 16th verse says this, "We have the mind of Christ." And I don't think for in 12 years of me doing ministry that I have truly ever operated out of that truth. I want you to look at somebody right now, probably somebody you know, and I want you to tell them, "You have the mind of Christ. You have the mind of Christ." You have the mind of Christ. You have the mind of Christ. You don't have a weak mind. You don't have a broken mind. You don't have a distorted mind. If you are a Christ follower in this room, it tells me the same words that tell me that Jesus loved me and died for me, the same words tell me that I have the mind of Christ. And so, again, it's sort of funny, but it's not. Those WWJD bracelets, I love that. What would Jesus do? Well, we can know what Jesus did because we know what he was thinking. What would Jesus think? I don't know. Read about it because whatever he thought, he did. And so you have the mind of Christ. You are way sharper and way smarter and way brighter and way more intellectual. You are way more all of those things than you probably have ever known. So what does this mean? I will tell you this. I believe that one verse that you have the mind of Christ changes the rest of your life. Oh, I know that I'm saved. Listen, thinking like Jesus Christ, is not a salvation issue. The cross, what he did on the cross for you is your salvation. But notice that when you got saved, you have been left here on this earth. Thinking like Jesus is not a salvation message. It is not about your salvation. Listen, if you're saved in this room, You have the mind of Christ. You have the capability to think like Jesus thought. And if we can get our thinking like Jesus's, we will definitely get our actions like Jesus's. So what does this mean? What does this mean? Let me just talk to several groups of people for just a few minutes. Let me just talk to the young men in the room. Young men. And if you want to consider yourself young, then you can. But you don't have to go along with what everyone else in your circle is doing. Hey, young men, you do not have to have sex with your girlfriend to prove that you are a maturing young man. Hey, young men, you do not have to go out into this culture and act like you own everything. Young men who are Christ followers in this room, young men, you have the mind of Christ. And I know because I've seen the way Jesus treated women Women were lower than low in Jesus' day. They were like dogs. And if Jesus would have walked by and literally spit or kicked dirt or even thrown a rock at a woman, it would have been the norm. But because Jesus thought in a much different way than everyone else, Jesus treated women. When no one else was treating women, he treated them with respect. And so young men in the room, you want to get ahead in this day and age? You use your mind. Because if you're a follower of Jesus, you have the Christ mind inside of you. Let me talk to the young ladies in the room. If you want to consider yourself a young lady, you can. That's up to you. Young ladies in the room, I know because I have a 13-year-old daughter who thinks she's 40. Like she's smarter than me and like she sometimes is. So it's hard working without. But young ladies in the room, if you're a follower of Jesus, you have the mind of Christ. You have the mind of Christ, young lady. And so this is what it looks like. When you go shopping, I'm not being legalistic. I'm not doing that. I'm not one of those fuddy duds. I'm just, I'm not trying to be old fashioned. But hey, young ladies, because you have the mind of Christ, you will know what to wear. Moms, dads, seriously, we're going to pass the buckets again after that one. You can pay me later. (laughs) Hey, young ladies, you have the mind of Christ. Hey, like, he will tell you not only what to wear, but he will tell you, like, who to be very good friends with. The mind of Christ is there not only for you, but for everyone else around you. Because if you have been given the mind of Christ, should not the people closest to you recognize that you aren't just smart, but there is something way different and greater about you? You, young men and young ladies, are influencers because you have the mind of Christ. This is where I get to the older people in the room. There's no age limit to this. You haven't aged out of having the mind of Christ. Can I just say, I think that a part of this revival movement, what God is doing here is he is bringing all age groups together. And if you don't believe it, let me just say, when we started this church, we never intended on having older people in this church. There is no way older people are going to want to come to a church that is loud, where the preacher doesn't wear a suit, that goes on for an hour and a half sometimes. There is no way older people are going to like what we do. But you see, God had other plans. Because it's not about what we do, but it is about his presence sweeping into a place and showing genuine love like nowhere else. Come on. And so what he's doing is he is bringing old and young together. You go out in anywhere in the United States, anywhere in the United States, and you find a culture, an environment, where young and old are coming together and enjoying each other's presence. The nursing home, it's forced But I can't think of any other place, any other environment where young and old are coming together and enjoying each other's presence. So here to the older people that are in this place, I want to say thank you. Thank you, thank you for putting up with our loud music. Seriously. But because you still have the mind of Christ and you have not turned in the keys. You are not done. God is not finished. I need you to understand that you have the mind of Christ, and there are a lot of younger people that are coming down the way who need to glean from what it looks like from your experience. One of my dearest friends in all the world, he's only been my friend for about seven, eight months now, but he's 72 years old. Seventy-two. I'm 42, he's 30 years my senior. And when I get into his presence, I just have to eat it up because he is speaking to me 30 years into my future. You have the mind of Christ. And I don't care if you're young or whether you're old, you have the mind of Christ. And what that tells me is that I can think just like Jesus thought. You see, what it is, is we have the common power. And don't think I'm getting mystical or anything like that, but we have the common power. And the power source in Jesus's life that drove his thinking was the Holy Spirit. And the Holy Spirit came down upon Jesus when he started his ministry and it drove Jesus into everything that he said and did because of the way he thought. Everything that you say and everything that you do is driven by the way you think. And so I'm just in a place and a journey in my life where I am thinking and challenging everything. Two last things I want to impart in this room. I want to like release in a supernatural way in this room this morning. Two words, confidence and courage. Because when I read this, and again, I am longer and further into this because I know that I have been wanting to speak about this for some time. I have even walked through some of this with my small group. My small group were like, we started talking about these things of why we think the way we think. And so I don't expect you to be as fired up about this as I am. But I want you to know when I started looking at this and I read this scripture, I read that John 3 16 that for God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son, that whoever believes in him will not perish, but have everlasting life. If I hang my hat on that scripture, I've got to hang my hat on the fact that I have the mind of Christ. I can't take one and leave out the other. I can't live on the principle of one and not live on the principle of the other. So here it is. I'm a man and I know that how my mind is a battlefield. Some of you have probably read the book. I'm only speaking to the men in this room. Women, I not trying to be funny. I'm trying to be very like kingdom wording this. You guys think on a whole different level than we do. And that's a good thing. I, I know that in the heat of the moment, when you're arguing, you think she's crazy, men. But listen, she just sees things and thinks things differently than you do. And I'm not there yet, I'm learning. My wife, you can ask her afterwards if you want to go and like hang out with her, she'll tell you I'm still, yeah, he's definitely still learning. She's training me, all right. Listen, this life is tough, man. But men in this room, can I tell you I understand what the battlefield in the mind is all about? I know what it feels like to be on the earth, very, very edge of going crazy. I know. That's why we've got to protect our minds. We got to protect this, man. I'm not trying to be legalistic and don't watch this and don't read that. Don't, but gotta be careful what goes in these things. We've got to be careful what goes in our eyes, what goes in our ears. We've got to be careful because if we're not careful, that's going to dictate us. And the enemy is not going to allow anything into our eyes or into our ears that is going to build our confidence. It's only going to be demeaning and it's going to be destructive see, I know because like God's rebuilding my confidence. He's rebuilding it. I am not a confident person. But what God has shown me over this little small journey is that when I'm starting to really focus on my thinking, what I'm reading, who I'm allowing to influence me, the realization that I have the mind of Christ gives me confidence. I can make a right choice. I have confidence in that. So I want to just impart and like, I I want to just give confidence away in this room today. You can make a right choice. You have the mind of Christ. You do not have to get wrapped up into that relationship. You know that that relationship is not what God desires for you. You've been thinking about it for a while. I want to give you confidence to make that decision. See, the realization is I've got a very good mind because now because of what Jesus did for me on the cross it's not mine but that scripture right there tells me that I have the mind of Christ you see knowledge and wisdom equals confidence you got that? You hear that? Knowledge and wisdom give us confidence. And there is a lot of Christ followers in this very room right now that you have all the knowledge and wisdom, you have confidence. And what the Lord specifically told me to release in this room was not confidence over you, but it was, it, it was courage. See, there's two different things. Confidence is a knowing that something is right or true. Confidence is knowing that when I go and get into my car, it is going to start. That is, I am confident in it. I know that I've taken care of it. I know that it has gas. I know that its parts are working. It is confident. You see, knowledge and understanding equals confidence. And there's a lot of people in this room, you have confidence But there's just a gap between your confidence and your courage connecting our courage is an action because we're confident in something what I see from my own life what I know is true in this culture is that there are a lot of people who have confidence in Christ But there is no courage to take a step and act. So this morning, that's what I want. To pray over many of you in this room. Dang it, the courage to do what you know is right. The courage to go and be who God has called you to be. The courage to step out and say what God is asking you to say. We know God is God. We know Jesus died for us. We know the Holy Spirit is real. We know his power is here in this room. But the courage to act on that. And this morning I want to bring them together. You see, many of you have been thinking right Many of you have been thinking like Christ for many years and we've just never connected it to courage.